It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarda. I am your host, and I am trying to help you understand the world of franchise. I'm a franchise advisor and coach during the day, podcaster by night. And so what I do and what I've been doing for 17 years is helping people figure out if franchising is for them. And if it is, which is the right franchise concept uh, within 90 industries that span the franchise community. I have a book out there called the uh, franchise savvy, uh, which is available on Amazon and wherever you pick up books online and also The Magic of Choosing Uncertainty, which was my first book about changing your path, not only in career, but in life. I also have a new course, and it's 45 videos on how to buy a franchise. The A to Z is everything that you need to know. But we're changing gears a little bit today. Today, I have David Shrina Khan, who helps people achieve or I should say he helps high-achieving professionals build their consulting businesses or coaching businesses following a late career job loss so they can do what they love and get paid for what they're worth, which is really a big complaint I hear a lot about from people is, I got this job, I'm killing myself, but I should be getting paid more even though I get paid well. So I want to enjoy, I want to invite David in. David, how are you? Thank you so much for inviting me, Tom. Great to be here. This is great. I'm so glad that we connected. Um, we have mutual friends out there in sort of the HR world, and um, they brought us together, and I saw what you were doing, and I was like, this is like a brilliant concept to have on the Franchise Academy, even though it really doesn't have much to do with franchising, but it really has to do with kind of that career transition. Is, is that right? Like, who do you, who do you work with? What, like, what's that profile of people that you help? Um, yeah, so our um, our typical member or client is a high achieving professional who is building a consulting or coaching business, in particular, after a long career as an employed professional. So this is typically somebody who's been in corporate or some other organizational setting for 20 years or more, sometimes it's 30 years or more. And um, there are various reasons why somebody would leave. Sometimes it's voluntary. Very often it is not voluntary. And they really, they, they're good at what they do. They love what they do. And they figure, okay, I can do this on my own terms in a consulting or a coaching business. And they hang out a shingle. And then what? They've never run a business before. They, again, they're good at what they do. So you know, like somebody who may be, vice president of marketing at a company, and they go out and they become a marketing consultant or somebody who is, um, you know, a communication expert who, who is the, the person, like the, the in-house person in a company who writes all those things that the CEO um, distributes or, or writes, you know, write drafts or, and or edits the speeches for the CEO. Um, when, uh, when notable people may be, coming on the platform of the company, they might write the profiles of those people to try to attract an audience. Um, when there's a, a problem that 
an unexpected problem in the company, they they become like the in-house PR person dealing with crisis communications, right? Those are all their expertise that somebody would build up over a long career. And so they want to keep doing that. They're good at it. Um, but the challenge is they have, um, they've never had to sell this before. Um, and, and right. And there are other things that go along with it. So you go from, you go from um, a role where you have a, an overflowing inbox, a full calendar, um, you have a built-in social structure of your colleagues and then, and right. And your identity is totally tied to who pays your bill, who pays your salary. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a vice president of marketing. I'm, I'm the chief communications officer um, of such and such company. And then you go out on your own again, whether you leave voluntarily or you get pushed out day one, when you're on your own, you have an empty inbox, you have an empty calendar, you have no social structure. The people that you knew from work, quite often are ghosting you, your, um, your self-identity is unknown because it's not, you can't put on your LinkedIn profile anymore. I'm, I'm the vice president of such and such at this company. Cause you're not, but, but you haven't sold anything yet. So you don't really know what your LinkedIn profile should say. Your self-identity is, is not there. And, and honestly, most people have never, even if they've been in marketing and sales, it's different marketing and selling a company than marketing and selling yourself. So they've never had to market and sell themselves before. And they're trying to do this when their self-confidence is in the toilet and they have no self-identity and they have no systems, no processes. They don't even, you know, they have an idea of what they're selling, but it, it's very amorphous. So it's very challenging at day, day one. Absolutely. And it's so funny, as you say that, what comes to mind is a great book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. And it's almost like the Bible of franchising. And in essence, what he says is, you know, if, if you're great at one particular thing, you're the technician, and then you decide one day, I don't need to work for this jerk anymore. I'm going to start my own whatever it is. And then you find out that whatever that is, whatever your expertise is, is only 10% of what it takes to run that business. There's a whole 90% of back office stuff that you've never done before. And that's why people struggle starting up a business from scratch. And I'm assuming that people struggle even when they're just starting a consulting business for many of the same reasons. Uh, what are one or two kind of things that people should be prepared for that you've seen or kind of unexpected to most people as they make this transition uh, going solo? Well, one thing, Tom, is they're too broad in what they're, what they're saying they can do. Right. So somebody who's a really great writer will say, I'm a really great writer. I can write anything. And in the corporate setting, they have may have written lots of different things. But um, from a marketing perspective, when you're trying to market your business, the narrower your focus, the easier it is for somebody to understand that they need you. And as long as there is enough need in your marketplace of people who can pay your fees, you'll do fine. So in actual fact, like, like a franchise, they're often very narrow, right? So you may have, um, and even in the con consulting and coaching world, you may have consulting and coaching franchises where it's a very narrow kind of coaching. So, you know, so maybe somebody is a, um, I don't know, a team building coach, right? And their focus is companies of a certain size at a certain, certain stage of growth when they need to go from a, um, a rudimentary structure of teams to a more 
systematic structure of teams. You know, that's pretty narrow, but there are a lot of companies that fit that profile. And, and there may be a franchise model, as a matter of fact, that actually fits that as well. So you can do this as a franchise or not as a franchise. But the, but the point is, as you're, you know, you say, what, what are the challenges going too narrow? I mean, sorry, going too broad at the outset when you haven't sold anything, which seems really scary. Um, it seems scary to, to narrow your focus, but in actual fact, when you pick a narrow lane, you'll do better. That makes a lot of sense to me, David, because I'm assuming that um, when you're in that transition mode, you're scared as all heck. And so you're like, I got to put out a really big net in order to catch as many clients as I can in my new consult. But your advice is probably, I'm going to say spot on, define who you are so people know that that they need to hire you for that specific talent. Um, and it's something I never really thought about before. So I, I do really totally appreciate that. Um, how can I, can I add one more thing about that? Oh, which, please, which, please, right, which many yeah. people don't realize. Um, if you have the financial wherewithal to spend some time doing self-reflection, I strongly encourage you to do it because that figuring out part of what your narrow lane should be is not something you can do overnight. And you may feel pressure to be to bring in income that matches whatever you were getting in your salary as quickly as possible. And the reality is for many people at this stage of their career, they have resources they can tap into that will keep the lights on for a while. And it may seem risky to do that, but in the long run, you'll be better off. So I, I encourage people to take a, a sabbatical. That's what I call it, because you really, you need time to self-reflect. And if you can take Honestly, if you can take like six to 12 months to really do a deep dive on yourself and what it is you want to, you really want to spend time doing and, and how you're going to do that, again, you'll be way better off. And, and, you know, many people feel pressure, either they feel the financial pressure or they feel the emotional pressure. It's like people are going to think badly of me because I am not out there producing. Um, and you can tell people I'm taking a sabbatical. You know, I, I spent the last 25 years working my butt off, and now I'm going. I'm making a career transition, and I want to make some good decisions. So, the next bit of time is going to be self-reflection, a little market research. Then I'm going to launch something, but not yet. I think that gives that person a lot of credibility. You know, as you're saying that, it's like if we were friends, you know, and you were saying this to me, and I know you for years, I would feel like, man, that's that's powerful. It's so cool that you have kind of the wherewithal to do that. That's interesting to me, as opposed to, oh, David, he's not doing anything. He's lazy bone. You know, people I don't think would, would think that. So, um, so I appreciate that. I think, you know, I it, it's so similar. I was smiling when you were saying it because. I sort of do the same thing with my candidates. People feel like, oh man, I got laid off, you know, screw corporate America. I want to start my own franchise and I love, love, love donuts. So I'm going to open a Dunkin' Donuts. And I'm like, wait a second, that's probably not a good idea. Let's do some self-reflection. And we have a whole program we go through to help them identify what they really enjoy doing in a role not so much the job or what service they provided or product they produced. Uh, so I'm right with you on that. I, I just really love it. Well, before we go deeper though, I want to get a little bit of your background 
how do we, how, you know, how did you end up in this role? Um, well, I know you, you started out saying that, that, that we're going to talk a little bit about career transitions. Cause that's, that's what we have in common. Um, I feel like, um, all of life is a career transition and, um, and I've had, had my share. Um, the, the big ones are I spent 28 years as an employee and I spent the last 16 as an entrepreneur. And, and in my case, um, I, I started off my career as an engineer, um, did that for a handful of years, then went into the nonprofit sector, spent over two decades there in management leadership roles. And I'd reached a point in my career where I wanted more control and I wanted to be able to do what I love, get paid, get paid what I'm worth and do it on my own terms. So I thought, okay, um, I've hired lots of consultants in my career. I have friends that are consultants. I can do this too. So I left my job um, and became a consultant. And in my case, um, I, I did not leave voluntarily. The actual trigger was that my job was terminated, but it was not for performance reasons. It was good. You know, there was a, a new CEO who came in. We were on good terms. Uh, it was a fairly graceful exit as, you know, as much as those kinds of exits can be. Um, and, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to start a consulting business. I did that. Um, and actually, um, you know, I, I did pretty well early on. Um, the economy was strong when I, when I started out in 2006 and I was able to, um, through my network, get some, um, some pretty good clients early on. And, um, and that, that's essentially how I started. I mean, over time, my business evolved. Um, I started, um, networking with other entrepreneurs because who you hang out who you hang out with is really important and as a result of where where i was networking with whom um people that i knew that were running small businesses started asking me for help and um over time uh, the private small business market became more and more um part of our portfolio and in fact um, i started podcasting in 2014 um, following a couple years of, um, of running a blog and through podcasting and also the natural evolution of my business, more and more of my clients were solopreneurs and many of them had careers that mirrored mine, you know, a number of years in corporate, they went out on their own. Um, and, there were th there were areas where I was able to help them, and so, you know, as I look back over podcasting client base, etc., um, we started to focus more and more specifically on the challenges of going from employment to consulting when you're mid to late in your career. Because I saw that um, it was this was not a small number of people doing this, and that there were a lot of commonalities where I was able to help them. Absolutely. So back to like 2008, 2009, great recession time, I guess we'll call it. Um, there was a lot of people over 50 that were getting laid off. And, um, and so that's probably when you were kind of busy at that point with, with those folks. Um, but a lot of times as I talk to people, that are like 50 and they're going into this transition. Um, 
they say, you know what? I'm sort of glad I got laid off. It was like a a very toxic atmosphere. I don't don't like corporate America. I never want to go back. You know, what what can we do? Do you find that, that that people want to get free of like a toxic culture? Have you heard that from your kind of, from your clients? Very often. Um, So yeah, so people that are, that, that get pushed out, um, there is a sense of freedom that they don't have to deal with the stuff that, that was going on in the office anymore. Um, on the other hand, it's also scary that you have to, um, you, you, you got to hustle in order to be able to replace the paycheck. It doesn't, it doesn't come automatically anymore. So, um, so yeah, they, they, there is a sense of freedom and, um, you know, the way I see it, people that are starting a, a consulting business, if they're going to be successful, they have to be highly motivated. So if they were, whether they left voluntarily or involuntarily, unless you're really highly motivated, it's it's way harder to be an entrepreneur than to be an employee. So unless you're really highly motivated, it's going to be tough to make it work. Um, so those folks that, um, that, that are glad to be free of the toxic corporate culture will do fine as long as they're motivated to succeed as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And, and very well said, you're kind of stealing, you know, my, my words in, in a lot of ways, because I, I often share the same thing um, that, you know, it's all about going the extra mile. Um, if you bought a franchise and they tell you, you got to make 10 phone calls a week, you know, make 20. Um, that's what is going to help you be successful. And, and it's, you know, for me, I came out of a government career. So with a government job, you just basically have to show up and you get paid. And so I had to really change my lifestyle a lot. But Although you, government I, workers do get laid off. It, these days, it seems it, it's a distinct possibility. Um, but the one thing that I have found in my own life, and I talk about in, in my in my first book, Magic of Choosing Uncertainty, is that, you know, when you get laid off, it, it's a debilitating situation. You know, as you already explained, mentally, I mean, everything it, it comes crashing down. Um, and But one thing that everyone learns, and you could probably speak to this, when one door closes, another one opens. But what I have found in my career is people that choose to close the door themselves have a thousand doors open. And it's having like that faith in the universe that you know you're not going to fail, you know? And, and that goes hand in hand with going the extra mile to make the business work in whatever the business it is. So, um, so I, I just love that whole uh, point that, that you make. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I know I'm talking too much, but I, you're saying so many things that are getting me excited. <laughs> so how does it feel to go solo? Um, you're right, Tom. It's, it's, it's debilitating. Um, as, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you go from this scenario where you're overwhelmed at work and you have this built-in social structure to where um, you're underwhelmed. There's, there's not enough going on and you spend your time all alone. And what happens, you know, mentally when you're spending too much time alone the the self doubt 
gets blown out of proportion. You have nobody to talk to about it. Who will talk you down? And right, and you need you need a lot of self confidence to be able to market and sell yourself. So how do you overcome that? The most important thing is you have to spend time with people like you who will support you. And I know, like in your world, the franchisees have their franchise groups that they can be part of and they can hang out with. You need to find other consultants that you can hang out with, people who may be some of them further along in their their consulting business than you are, others maybe not so much. Um, You will know things they don't know, they will know things you don't know. The most important thing is you need to find your community. That's really one of the critical uh, critical steps to being successful. You need to find your community and you need to be active in your community. Well said. Um, so do you help facilitate that communities of, of consultants to get together, whether it's a meetup or a Facebook group or things like that? Uh, well, we I, I actually founded and and run the Smashing the Plateau community, which is geared for consultants that are building their business following a long career as an employed professional. Because there are, as I said, you know, there are unique characteristics that that these folks share. Um, and yeah, and it's an online community, so you don't have to go anywhere to participate. So we make it easy. Uh, so yes, we do that. Uh, we're not the only ones. There are lots of communities, whether they're online or offline or a combination. Um, but I encourage you to, you know, try some out. Um, find out where people are spending their time. People like you. Ask other people you know who have made the transition from employee to consultant. Um, what what kind of communities are you involved in? Go visit them and get to know some of the people there, and and just you know spend time with people that are going to support you where you'll feel comfortable. Because the thing is, you want to be in a community where you can be comfortable sharing what you're working on. You're not going to feel judged or threatened because you want to be able to learn. You want to be able to, if you're, for example, if you're thinking about a new offer, you want to run and buy people who will give you some feedback about whether the offer makes sense or not before you try to take it to market. If you are having a challenge with a client, Um, because these things come up all the time. Who are you going to talk to about it? Um, Chances are, um, if you have a a spouse or significant other, they may or may not want to hear any of your issues with regard to your business. Um, If you have team members, you may not feel comfortable talking to your team members about this. Um, so you need to be in a community where you can share some of the challenges you're facing, hear how other people have solved similar kinds of challenges so that you can minimize the, the mistakes and the risks because there will be mistakes. Um, entrepreneurship is a, it, it's an iterative process. It's all trial and error. So you want to feel more and more comfortable trying things um, and minimize the times that you're going to fall flat on your face because you're, you're going to fall flat on your face just in some areas. It's no question about it. And if you, and if you dwell too long and don't try, you're not going to get anywhere. Absolutely. And it's interesting because the, that whole idea of um, the community and being somebody to talk to, talk to the fact that it's almost a grieving process when you lose a job. It is a grieving process. You have lost something. 
Right. And it takes time. People right. People don't realize that, you know, and, and, and to your earlier point, a lot of times they say in grief counseling, don't make any major changes within a year, you know, don't go out and, you know, buy a new car and buy it, you know, or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and so you're, you say kind of the same thing is like, you know, feel it for at least six months, if not, if you could afford it even a year. Um, and so that's why it's kind of struck me. And, and that is um, a really big deal that I don't think enough people talk about is the fact that you're going through a process like, like you lost a loved one, um, especially if you identify with the job and your friends at the job and everything that you spoke about. So love that. Really good stuff. Um, but kind of nuts and bolts, if, if you're going to start a consulting business, you know, how long does it take to ramp it up to, to the point where you're actually making some money? Um, it varies a lot. Um, I would say um, what I think is probably the median is around two years. Um, yeah, so if you, in your mind, don't expect to be matching or exceeding your, your last compensation for about three years, you'll be better off. Um, and in your own financial planning, um, look at what you can do to support your lifestyle if your income is zero or let's say lower than it was as a salaried professional for two to three years. Um, another thing, if you're still employed and you're thinking about going out on your own, or if you're still employed and you think that you're at risk of losing your job, make sure your credit is in good order. If you have, if you, for example, if you're, if you're a homeowner and you don't have a line of credit, the time to apply for it is while you're still employed, because as soon as you're out on your own and you don't have that W-2, banks are going to have a very hard time approving you, especially the first few years. So yeah, do what you can to kind of like get your, your credit house in order. Um, I would say that's even more important than kind of getting the financial plan in order. Um, cause I've seen wait two people wait too long to try to wait. Like when you, when you need the credit, that's when you're not going to be able to get it, particularly on good terms. That's superior advice. Really love that. So David, tell me, what are you really excited about right now in, in your business, in your world? Um, I'm actually excited for what we're doing in the community. I see um, really high quality people um, connecting, bonding, developing relationships, supporting one another, um, offering to um, to add resources to our resource bank for other members, um, you know, things like guides to help you with content creation or other kinds of marketing, um, you know, various kinds of, of templates to run your business. So. Um, I think, you know, people have gotten much more used to engaging with one another online over the last couple of years. So it's actually a really great time to be part of um, an online community that that offers this kind of support. Um, as I said, you don't have to go anywhere to be part of an online community. That's the beauty of it. You know, the downside is you're missing the face to face connection, um, which, you know, as humans, we um, it, it's that's so important to us. Um, but I think I think this is um, is actually going to be like the next bit of time in business. I think communities are going to be where it's at. Yeah, I agree. 
Well said. What's one myth about going solo that you would like to bust right here, right now? Well, one myth is um, there's a lot of marketing hype around making tons of money, right? You see all these things. We, we help you create a six-figure business. We help you create a seven-figure business. Um, to me, A, it's a little wishy-washy. I would like to be much more um, nuts and bolts. If, if, right, if, if my business is at, let's say, $250,000 a year, and I want to just take it to $500,000 a year, fine. Let's talk about the actual numbers, not six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure. Um, but the other thing is, Making a ton of money is not necessarily what everybody wants. And I would say, particularly for folks going solo, what they want is the freedom to do what they want and do what they're good at and get paid what they're worth and support their lifestyle so that they don't have to work harder than they worked as an employee to keep the same kind of lifestyle that they have now. Um, and they also, they don't want to make less money than they were making before, so they can't support their lifestyle. So it's, it, you know, there's a lot of um, work-life integration that's part of, the, uh, part of the equation. And I think that that's a more important thing than just hitting a, a revenue target. And, you know, it also, everything you're saying reminds me of something uh, a colleague of mine said, um, if, if you could follow me on this. Um, when you get a new job, your first day on that job is the safest day. And every day you're there, it gets less and less safe because you have the potential of getting laid off. But in a business or going solo, your most unsafe day is day one, but it gets safer and safer and safer as time goes by and you build your customer base. So something to think about if you're out there thinking about transition, whether it's franchising or, or going into your own solo consulting career, it, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is very, very bright. I know it's scary now, but it gets much, much better. David, I want to thank you for being on the podcast, but I wanted to get more information about how people can find out more about you, where they may contact you for information, or if they want to work in with you with you or in your groups. Uh, yeah, the best place to go is smashingtheplateau.com. That's smashingtheplateau.com. That's where all of our content is. That's where you can find information about the community. And that's where you can get in touch with me. That's great. And all that information will be on the franchiseacademy.com website. So check it all out there. And you can get in touch with David um, right through the franchiseacademy.com. So I appreciate you coming in, David. Thank you so much for this uh, pearls of wisdom, just so many great little things. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much, Tom. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.